Welcome back to the Maluli Asset Podcast. This is episode 385, and I'm your host, Casey Maluli. We've got Tom back in the chair this week, and him, Brendan, and myself have a discussion about the recent meeting of the Federal Reserve, which took place on Wednesday, December 15th. We talk about broader economic conditions, and we, we got some clarity about what the Fed is going to do to try and help the economy and the inflation situation. And there was a lot of emphasis put on this meeting, so we just wanted to share our thoughts on that. So without further ado, episode 385. So we're recording this on the day, on Fed Day. Not sure if you celebrate or not, but happy Fed Day to everyone out there. So we're referencing the meeting of the Federal Reserve. So the f- final time they're going to meet this year in 2021. And it was kind of a big meeting with the last couple inflation readings being higher than anticipated. Everyone was really paying attention to what the Fed was going to come out and say at this meeting. So basically, they said two things. They're going to speed up their tapering of their asset purchases and that is going to be set to end in march of 2022 which is sooner than expected and also they're open to raising rates in 2022 three times they didn't lay out a specific plan of what they're going to do but they said that that is on the table which again is sooner than expected i think in the november meeting it came out and half of the fed chairs said that they didn't think they were going to raise rates at all in 2022 and half of them thought that they would so the fed is is kind of speeding up their timeline here based on the data that's coming out there's been a lot of, of focus on this the last couple of months is this an appropriate plan of action or do you think that they should be doing something else Seems pretty reasonable to me, just based on them, you know, obviously showing us that they're taking inflation seriously and that they're paying attention, but also that they're not going to overreact as they haven't for the entire back half of this year and and rush into something like hiking rates or ending the asset purchase programs faster than they need to. Because I know it feels like we've been talking about inflation forever, but it's it's really been less than six months since this has been in the headlines making you know, a difference or uh, people paying attention to it at least. So it seems like reasonable uh, course of action to me. I think it was Josh Brown, friend of the firm, who reminded all of us recently that the market likes certainty. It just doesn't like uncertainty at all. And I, I think that the response, the immediate response, uh, from the headlines has been pretty positive. The Fed announced that they're doubling the pace of the taper, and we'll explain what that means. And they also laid out a roadmap for three rate hikes in 22. They were kind of squishy previously to today, uh, saying yeah, two, maybe three rate hikes. And then also laid out the potential for three rate hikes in 2024. Interesting that the Fed would get to the supposed terminal rate pretty quickly in two short years. But they also added that 
they're not going to raise rates until the labor market improves to the point of maximum employment. Now, before the pandemic began, we were right there at what they consider the point of maximum employment. Unemployment got under 4%. It was 3.9%. And uh, we are not there yet, uh, but we're, we're close. There's still a lot of jobs available, but there's still a lot of people that are not working. And so they have some work to do, but they also gave themselves that exit or escape hatch by saying, you know, we're not going to raise rates until we see improvement in, in the labor market. So the Fed uses a bunch of things in terms of like actual policy changes, like the asset purchase programs, things that they invent out of thin air, like buying ETFs last year when they needed to um, actual interest rate policy. But then another thing that they do that is just as effective is just talking about stuff. That's all they're doing today. Obviously, they're they're picking up the pace of the the taper. However, all they did was talk about interest rates in 2022. They're, they're not like... Sometimes that's good enough. No, right. That's what I'm saying. It's like they just talked about it. It doesn't actually mean anything. I believe believe Yellen did the same thing in 2015. Right. I think it's called jawboning. That's right. It is. So that is one of the Fed's quote unquote tools is coming out and, and talking about these policy changes, but not necessarily doing that. We should and, we should take that, though, for what it is and recognize they're just talking about stuff. And like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pay attention. However, if, if you're like reacting or getting like really wound up about what they've talked about, you need to relax. <laughs> yeah, you're making you're making <laughs> a <on>. mistake <laughs> yeah. because we don't we don't have, you know, the official dictate that this is going to happen. You know, one of the things they had, Bloomberg had uh, two folks on there, Scott Minard, who, in my opinion, just seems to be a perma bear, and uh, Diane Swank, uh, who seems to be a little more level-headed. But she raised a really good point because they're talking about tapering, and then they're also talking about, they laid out a roadmap for potentially raising rates over 22 and, and into 2023. But uh, one of the things that, the Fed did not address is the fact that the balance sheet at the Fed has gotten so very large that are there plans for somewhere in the future for the Fed to, well, first they're going to stop this buying bonds in the open market, and then they're talking about raising rates, but are they going to also sell bonds that are on their balance sheet now, which is effectively another way of raising rates? So are they going to amplify rate hikes by selling bonds in the future? Or is the Fed going to continue to have this gigantic balance sheet, which they've never had before? I mean, trillions of dollars. Hmm. Also, we need to do those all in the order that we think they need to do them in. They don't have to do anything. They can, they can hike rates before they're done with the tapering or before they start otherwise unwinding the balance sheet. So I think that we take for granted that they have to do things in a certain order. And I don't think that that should necessarily be the case. I also think it's a, it's it's about preserving their options in terms of what they can do in the future. It's been said that they're kind of, I know we joked about this before we turned the mic on, that you've been hearing this for 35 years, that the Fed was kind of stuck between... Fed's out of ammo. F- right. But it's, so they were basically, the way that it was positioned in, in the media was, if the Fed raises rates, the market's going to tank. But if they don't raise rates, then they've lost control and, and they don't have 
a grip on inflation and the economy is just running wild. Yeah, so they're they're damned if they do, they're damned if they don't. And that, that's a really good point because it when they the Fed came out with their announcement, uh, this is now about thirty minutes ago. They they said that yeah they're going to double the rate of the taper. Uh, so they're buying less bonds at a faster rate, and they want to be done with this by March. Good. But one of the other things that they pointed out is they see the rate of inflation for 2021 coming in for the whole year at 5.3%. This is really important because right now we get these monthly numbers, and they are comparing 12 months ago through 12 months today, what the rate of inflation is. At the beginning of the year, there was inflation, but nothing like we're seeing now. Right now, we're seeing a lot of inflation. But for the full year, they feel inflation is going to come in at 5.3%. And next year, they're forecasting the inflation rate to be half of that, 2.6%. What was the year-over-year rate 12 months ago? It was zero. And so if you take zero and the rate for this year and divide it to get the rate of inflation over the last two years, it's still a very reasonable number of something like two and a half percent loosely. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to consider what was like you talked about. There was what was going on at the back half of last year. We were still kind of in the midst of I mean, we're still in the midst, but. We didn't you even know, have a vaccine. Yeah, COVID was the, the COVID situation was was way more bleak. The restrictions were still in place, and you know none of this reopening. We were still kind of like, when are we going to reopen? When are we going to reopen? And um, you know some of the those concerns are are still lingering, but it's the year over year comparison. So next year's numbers are going to be compared to this year's numbers. So the rate of change isn't going to be as great as it is. So, yeah, the Fed has to, has to keep that in mind when they're making these decisions. They don't want to do things too quickly and, you know, pump the brakes on, on the recovery before it's even started getting going. So I know that uh, Scott Minard also uh, commented that and, and he's been very bearish for for the last few years, but he said, if the Fed does this, if they slow the taper down and then start raising rates aggressively, that he feels that the economy will be in a recession uh, by 2023, uh, which I, I think is outrageous to say. But uh, I, I will give uh, Minard some credit because he does study history. And one of the things that he raised, which was actually really pretty good, was he mentioned that the previous two pandemics, the one in 1917, 18, 19, Spanish flu, mm -hmm. uh, and then also the one in the late 1960s, which was called the Hong Kong flu, what we saw were labor shortages. So people couldn't come back to work or had lost their job. Uh, we had labor shortages, but we didn't have any inflation in the system. This is very different what's going on. And I hate to use the phrase, this time it's different, but technology has allowed a lot, a huge percentage of the economy to continue working and work from home or work remotely. And so it really, you can't rely on what happened in previous pandemics to kind of use as a roadmap also, for like, what, what the economy will do. That was like a hundred years ago. Right. So, like, yeah, we may be able to glean something 
from looking at that and again in the 60s, but most people who are even talking about reliable stock market data don't quote, quote stuff from before the 60s. So I, I would... I would take that with a grain of salt. I mean, we're not living in the same world that we were then. Interesting to see the uh, the whip around from the indices with the news. So I, I just jotted these down at, at five minutes to two, right before the announcement came out. The Dow was down 62 points. The S&P was down nine. NASDAQ was down 95 points. At 10 after two, 15 minutes Later, this is 10 minutes after the headlines came out, the Dow Jones was now up 128 points, a swing of almost 200 points. The S&P was up 21 points. That's a swing of 30 points from down 9 to up 21. Similar kind of move in the NASDAQ from down 95 to up 50. And then just before we walked into here to record, they had already sliced those gains in half. Now, you know, we get a lot of whippiness on Fed Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that volatility seems to just happen with these with these Fed meetings because people will react, traders, not investors, but traders will react on the headline, and then they'll go back and they'll actually read the statement, and then they'll think about it, and then sometimes they wind up reversing course. And so it's interesting to see. Then they go into this press conference, which typically goes from 2.30 to 3.30. Now, by the time this is all produced... We'll have the benefit of hindsight and be able to see, you know, what the takeaway really is. But, you know, for traders, this is like bonanza week because we've got, you know, year end, we've got quarter end, year end, Fed meeting, option expiration, all happening at the same time. So plenty of volatility to trade. Yeah, I think like you said a little bit earlier, how how the market just doesn't like uncertainty, I think. A lot of people expected this plan of action from the Fed and uh, were not going to make predictions on on how the market's going to react. Obviously, it's it's been swinging around a lot lately. I mean, the last couple of weeks we've seen it's either been up 2% or down 2%. It's been, you know, like you said, pretty whippy. It's definitely going to be an interesting end to the year. And we'll see how this, this all shakes out in 2022. One last thing I wanted to say is Brendan raised a a really good point a couple of moments ago where sometimes talk is really all the Fed needs to do. I think it was 2015 where Janet Yellen said, hey, we are officially going to end the taper, the taper that Bernanke began. Uh, They, uh, she ended the taper and said, now, you know, everybody get ready. We're going to raise rates at some point soon, but she never said when. And she said in 20, I think it was 2015, where she said, it's probably going to be by the end of the year. And then she didn't raise rates at all. She didn't raise rates until the end of 2016, a full year later. And uh, then while the Fed was raising rates in 2017, markets seemed okay. We all lived. Yeah, um, they actually did hike at the end of 2015, and then they did at the end of 2016, and then they did four times in 2017, and three times in 2018, and then they stopped, and the market was fine. What the market doing in 2017? It was up 22%. Decent. You know, like I said, it's been there's been a lot of emphasis on this meeting, but we're not trading these decisions. We're not traders. We're long-term investors. We're financial planners. We do think that it's important to share our thoughts on, on these topics, but... When it comes to the the day-to-day decision-making, there's not much to do, and, and sometimes, most times, that's the right plan of action. 
That's going to do it for episode 385 of the Maluli Asset Podcast. We want to thank you all for, for listening as always. We, we appreciate you listening and tuning in. It really does mean a lot. You know, we use this podcast to communicate our thoughts and, you know, what, what we're thinking about and observing in the markets and the financial landscape. So a lot to, to talk about this week with the Fed and their meetings. So we, we hope you got some good takeaways and we'll be back for episode 386. Tom Maluli is an investment advisor representative with Maluli Asset Management. All opinions expressed by Tom and his podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Maluli Asset Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of Maluli Asset Management may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.